Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking some Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. And I have got your three ups and three downs for the Colorado Rockies series split against the Washington Nationals. They stand at three and five on the season after going two wins and two losses in this four-game opening home set. And for anyone out there holding on to some hope that the Rockies might sneak their way into competitiveness this season, this was probably a very frustrating series. And uh, I think a number of the things that happened that made it so that they didn't win it, and they actually still, given everything that happened, very easily could have with one more base hit in that third game, right? Uh, But I I still think a lot of the things that kept them from winning it are the things we're going to see throughout the season that are going to keep them from having a particularly successful one. Let's start with the big down and really the big topic of conversation for today and, and really for right now in Rocky Dumb, right? And the big down, of course, is Jose Urania's performance in the second game of the series, which was truly and pretty epically atrocious. The final line, he goes 2.2 innings pitched, gives up seven hits, six runs, four of them earned, three walks, only one strikeout, and his ERA on the season now sits at 14.4. And honestly, folks, that line sounds better than he pitched. I'm going to say something that's going to sound a little bit dramatic, and it is, And I don't have a categorical memory for this kind of thing. And recency bias is almost certainly at play. But that was one of the worst major league pitching performances I have ever seen. I've seen moments where, you know, relievers come in and can't get out of the inning and walk the bases loaded and hit a guy or whatever. Or... You know, starters that are getting knocked around the ballpark. I've seen Steven Strasburg not able to get out of the first or second inning at Coors Field. Jake Arrieta had a total meltdown here at Coors, right? I'm not just talking about Rockies pitching. I'm talking about in general. But Jose Urania's outing was entirely non-competitive. And the reason I'm being so dramatic or making such a big claim here, right, is that Typically, when you're this bad at the major league level, you're either leaving a bunch of stuff over the plate and major league hitters are making you pay for it, or you've lost your command entirely and you're doing the thing I said earlier, right? You're walking a bunch of guys, you're maybe hit batsmen. Daniel Bard at the World Baseball Classic, right? They didn't hit a ton of home runs off him. He just couldn't find the strike zone and eventually get taken out of the game. But Urania was having both problems. He was at times missing his spot by feet. Uh, He had a couple of wild pitches in there, though I can't remember if there were people on base, so (laughs) if they had already cleared them or whatnot. There were, like I mentioned, the three walks, including walking in a run on four very non-competitive pitches. And that's the other thing, too. There's a difference between even, you know, just barely missing your spot and, and just missing outside the zone and walking guys that way and throwing four that aren't even close, right? And so for Urania, it was both things. He was doing that non-competitive outside the zone and then non-competitive inside the zone. When he finally did throw a strike, it was right down the middle with little to no movement or late action on anything he was throwing. And he was getting hammered. 
there was almost a grand slam that instead ended up as a warning track out. There were two or three warning track outs and another two or three hard line drives that just happened to go into the teeth of the defense. If, believe it or not, he got lucky in this game uh, in terms of his BABIP performance. This very easily could have been one inning, 10 runs, and he doesn't even get out of the first. He was lucky to get the outs that he did. So yeah, despite the fact that I've definitely seen worse like stat lines, especially because there was an error in there, which meant that two of those runs that he gave up weren't charged to him. It just, I know I keep using the word and, and it's, uh, I've probably certainly got it from talking to Bud Black and the pitching coaches and, and the Rocky and the people in the Rockies organization who use it all the time, right? But the difference between a competitive pitch and a non-competitive pitch and quite frankly, Jose Urania from pitch to pitch, those those wouldn't have been competitive at the double A level. They wouldn't have been competitive, you know, at any step of the higher minors, maybe even low. There was some stuff he was throwing anyway. Not to belabor the point, you you get you get it. It just wasn't good across uh, the board, and it really put the Rockies behind the eight ball. Oddly enough. Like I mentioned, he did get uh, quite a bit of luck to it. I mean, the fact there was only a four to nothing game after the first two innings and then Ryan McMahon hit a home run. So despite the fact that he had pitched so poorly, uh, you know, home runs after the first like four or five pitches of the game, you're just not in it at that point. But it was a four one ball game. And then he goes out and gives up two more. And it just... yeah, so they, they did make a little bit of a, a comeback attempt, and I'm, I'm going to talk about the offense making those comeback attempts in a second. But ultimately here on Urania, now the conversation has to shift to, okay, so what do they do? And for right now, their options are incredibly limited, right, if they wanted to immediately pull the plug. And so what I'm essentially about to do is explain why I don't think they're going to do that. Despite how terrible this was and how, you know, in almost any other season or certainly at any other point in the season on a competitive team, even a semi-competitive team, you wouldn't be able to send that guy back out there after a performance like that. After And he was really not great in the one before that either. So he's been really bad this year. He was not good in spring training. He wasn't great last year. He, Quite frankly, I've talked about this before, for his career... Jose Urania has never even been a major league average pitcher, right? I thought he was fine as veteran depth, but he's not a good pitcher. And right now he's an awful pitcher, uh, especially at the major league level. So the question is, you know, can they do anything about it? Well, Connor Siebel is basically locked into your long reliever role right now, right? And probably isn't stretched out to go more than two or three innings. So you could start bullpenning every fifth game or something, but you can't just say, well, Connor Siebold has started before and he's your long man, so just hand him the the ball and expect him to go five or six. Like, that's not going to happen either. So that would take a while. In fact, more often than not, when you want a guy to transition back into being a starter, you got to send him down to AAA and stretch him out for three or or four weeks to make that happen. So you could do that with Connor Siebold, but it's not an immediate fix by any means, right? It's a little early in the season for calling guys up from the minors. And even if you wanted to do that, 
Peter Lambert is clearly not quite ready to go, even just from a physical standpoint, let alone, you know, making sure he's in a spot where it would be good for him to be going up against major league competition. You've also just got to get him to a place where he can, like, even in the minors right now, he's not pitching full ball games, right, back from a lot of time missed from injury. So Peter Lambert's not an option at this point. Carl Kaufman had an okay spring, right? He might be one guy who I'd be curious, but it's too early for him, too. He's not major league ready yet. You would definitely be rushing it on him. He's just a guy who's had decent numbers as of late, and and that would honestly not even really be fair to Carl Kaufman to say, well, you know, this really pivotal time in your development when you should be getting work in at AAA and having the opportunity to make the the best version of yourself before you make your major league debut, presumably at the end of this season. You know, we're going to rush you to the bigs before you're ready to go because this guy's pitching so terribly, right? That's not fair to Carl Kaufman either. And I think sometimes people don't think about it in those terms. I, I think a lot of times fans and, and sometimes a lot of times even media tend to think of getting sent down as a punishment and getting called up as a reward and something. And and I will tell you, most guys, yeah, they'd rather be playing in the big leagues than playing in, in AAA. You ask them, are you ready to go to the bigs? And they'll say, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go to the bigs. But that, that's why those guys don't get to make those decisions, right? And it can be uh, detrimental to throw them out there before they're ready. And he needs to get in his work. And so, you know, short of going out on the waiver wire or, or seeing, you know, if there's some random 37-year-old out there who didn't get signed this offseason but technically hasn't retired yet and and bringing him in to do something, I, I guess swinging a trade, right? That's always a possibility. And, and But again, is that really what you want to be in the business of doing in this year where you're almost certainly not going to be competitive anyway? But the problem, and I got to say it this way, straight up, and, and I don't want to pick on the guy, but the, the real problem right now is it's embarrassing. No matter who they put in this fifth spot, they're not going to win ballgames. I, I said coming into spring training, coming into the season, this is it. I'll use the word again. Say it with me if you've been listening to the podcast for the last several weeks. Bugaboo. This is their bugaboo, their Achilles heel, the thing that will hold them back is the final few spots in the rotation. But th- there's a difference between, you know, Gomber and Feltner struggling to hang. And, and I'm going to talk about those guys a little bit here in a second. You know, those guys, you're, you you want to see them do better. You want to see them get that extra inning. In the, but they're not going out there and losing the ball game by the second inning, right? They're not going out there and just absolutely losing the game on their own, right? And, and... Right now, I just don't see, I, I don't know how you put Urania back out there, but I don't see another opportunity. I don't see another option. You know, I, I don't know what else you do. Uh, it, it's it's going to be brutal on him. If he goes out and has another really terrible game, you can't send him back out there. But I don't know what the answer is. I, I would probably do the bullpenning thing, go with, Connor Seabold and Ty Block, but then that kind of screws up your bullpen for a little while. Then you don't have those guys for a couple of days if you might need them to to get a little length out of your pen. Maybe if you do call a guy up from the minors, it's to to add to that and you, and you put him in the bullpen rather than just handing him the starts and you don't want to, you know, Jeff Hoffman, the poor kid, uh, for those of you that remember how the Jeff Hoffman thing went. But yeah, 
there isn't an easy answer to this. I suspect we'll see Urania make at least one more start. I suspect it'll be pretty ugly. And because he just doesn't have anything close to it right now, right? He doesn't have command. He doesn't have, he doesn't even have good stuff right now. Uh, you know, a couple of the sliders he threw were okay, but it's, it was hard to watch. And yeah, <laughs> I guess I'll move on now, but I, I just don't know what they do with that. You're, you're, fifth rotation guy is just going to be bad no matter what so all right let's talk about an up let's talk about something good throughout the series and i've actually got here is my number one up for the set the rockies offense making comebacks ryan mcmahon jerks and profar elias diaz and mike moustakis all hit their first home runs as part of comeback efforts uh, obviously that that first game like i said the comeback effort was pretty short-lived and while they did kind of start to get back into it Urania had made so much of a fire and, and the, the bullpen threw a little bit of gasoline on that one late as well. So uh, the Rockies comeback pretty much fell short in that one. It, and also Elias Diaz made a really, really stupid base running mistake that, that killed the Rockies rally that could have potentially brought them all the way back into the game, making the third out at third base, trying to go first to third from the slowest guy on your team. That is that is bad fundamental baseball right there. You don't like that. But I'm on an up right now. So let's talk about, yeah. So even though the first two comebacks fell short, right, which isn't entirely the fault of the offense, they do go out in the second game. And, and for those of you who don't remember, I, I did the first game, got its own ups and downs. So I'm really only talking about the latter three here. Uh, you know, they, they score five runs. Like I said, McMahon hit the home run early that at least got the offense, you know, feel of offense in their toes after the day before really only getting the one kind of fluky run or, or, or manufactured run at the very least. So you put one over the wall, big boy shot too, and that had to feel good despite the fact that the comeback falls short. In the second game, big comeback with the Rockies down early and uh, almost managed to come all the way back. Uh, made it a one-run game and had uh, Charlie Blackman at the plate there uh, at the end of the game with the opportunity to tie it up or walk it off And uh, after the big Mike Moustakis home run, and, and it just doesn't happen. They also had Chris Bryant uh, at the plate for the final out, and you know, I, I saw some people trying to argue about clutch and stuff on Twitter. It's just like, all right, it is it is officially baseball season now with, with, with these takes. But more often than not, you know, Chris Bryant's at least going to find a way to put the ball in play there. It was just, uh, you know, he, he had a tough strike one call. He should have had a 2-0 count instead of a 1-1 count. But beyond that, you know, it, it he, he got beat. It's tough to expect them to complete the five-run comeback in the ninth. You get four runs, but, you know, one more hit, one more hit. The Rockies win that game, too, and they end up taking the series 3-1. So, of course, the final comeback comes uh, in the final game where they do complete it. They do come all the way back and uh, take the lead and then hold them off, which is really important in this one, right, because the comeback actually happened in the sixth inning. And that was a part of the, you know, the, the pro far home run and all that good stuff. So it, it was nice to see after a pretty listless uh, first week or so for the offense, there were times where moments of, oh, okay, that looks good. Chris Bryant has generally been pretty good, uh, you know, came in with a, a hit streak and all of that. But overall, the offense hasn't looked great to me and really didn't in that first game 
against Washington, and, and I talked about all the free swinging against a guy who walks a lot of people, which was frustrating. So to see him go out in the second three games, score five, uh, six, and then seven runs was uh, nice to see, right? Okay, back over to the downside, and of course that means back to the starting pitching. No, I feel like i I got to say this again with Austin Gomber. This isn't awful, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad, right? It wasn't as bad as Jose Uranium, but 4.2 innings pitched, 7 hits, 5 earned runs, and he gave up another homer, and that's just... You know, if you're look again, if if you're looking for the possibility of outperforming expectations, where could the Rockies actually you know, make themselves into a competitive team? A lot of that is going to come down to whether or not Austin Gomber can find his way into some quality starts. And the first outing was a quality start, but he gave up the early home runs against a good team, and that ended up being you know too much for the Rockies at the time, as I mentioned, listless offense to do anything about it. Then in this game can't complete five innings you at least want them to get you know the five innings there and um again the home run ball which has been his personal bugaboo his his the thing that has gotten him throughout his career is giving up those home runs uh you know happened early and then there again as i mentioned in the sixth inning uh pretty rough but he at the very least uh is getting some length is getting some strikeouts uh, you know, there are moments uh, back to, you know, the competitiveness of pitches. He's throwing a lot of very competitive pitches. It's just that he's throwing too many mistakes. Uh, and not a he doesn't even throw a ton of them, but it just seems like every mistake pitch he makes is incredibly hittable. And that is, that's hurting him right now for sure. But yeah, just frustrating to see that you know, you think, okay, well, he puts together quality start against San Diego out on the road. Maybe he comes home and against a, a much worse offense, he could put up a pretty nice game and it, it just doesn't happen for him. Uh, back over to the ups. I've got the plus side of the bullpen again. And, and this is another thing that we pretty much thought was going to play out like this, right? Uh, Brad Hand did give up a run in this series, but also got his innings finished, right? And it has a three ERA on the season right now. Brent Suter, same thing, did give up a run in the series, but a 180 ERA on the season, uh, also able to pitch multiple innings in one of those games. So you like what you've seen out of Brent Suter so far. Justin Lawrence remains 0-0. He and Kyle Freeland yet to give up a run this season. He's been fantastic getting ugly swings and misses out of some professional hitters, though this Washington team is Pretty low on super professional hitters. Just still, Justin Lawrence has been absolutely fantastic out of the gate. And Pierce Johnson with a 2.25 ERA on the season. And he did collect the save in that final game, making him 3-for-3 three three in save opportunities out of the gate, taking over the closer role for Daniel Bard. You love to see that. Uh, somebody who can step in. I think I've mentioned before, that's just incredibly rare. You know, it seems like whenever your closer goes down and somebody else has to step in, you just naturally start blowing saves right away. And while uh, Pierce did give up one run out there on the road, it was in a non-save 
opportunity and the times he's had to, to go in there and slam the door shut, he has done just that, including getting two bookending the series here. And I hope those of you who read <laughs> had an opportunity to do so over at milehighsports.com. Uh, I talked to Pierce and Kyle Freeland and Lucas Gilbreth about the Colorado connection, right? The Colorado crew, the, the natives who grew up in this environment, who are on this team now, finding their ways to success. And it's been pretty cool to see uh, Freeland start the home opener, Pierce Johnson get the save, two Colorado guys doing it, and then wrapping up the home opening series with a Sunday afternoon win. And on Easter Sunday, Colorado's own, Pierce Johnson goes out, slams the door shut, gets the save. Uh, In a season that hasn't been full of really awesome and fun and good stories, Pierce Johnson has absolutely been one. And uh, that's really exciting, especially for me as a Colorado kid. Really, really fun to watch. So we can continue to follow along with Pierce Johnson throughout the season. All right. Back over to the downs. And this is my final down for you. Down number three is the flip side of that coin where Ty Block, Jake Bird, and Denelson Lamette continue to get hit around. Uh, you know, Bird, not totally surprising, as I've said before. You know, he's the guy I see as the ninth man in the bullpen, right? The guy who probably wouldn't be here if Bard was on the roster. I am a little bit surprised, but not um, disappointed or frustrated with Bud Black's use of him. They've been using him a lot, and and a couple of times in, in these games that were still close, he's been bad. Uh, I, I do think that means, you know, he's, he's likely to be sent down because he's been getting hit around, but you hope these are some lessons learned for Jake Bird, who I know they hope can be a part of their bullpen in the future. You know, Ty Block, honestly, a 7-plus ERA looks pretty bad, but he's, you know, come in 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 several situations that aren't ideal. Uh, The game already out of hand. Uh, He is at least getting length. You know, he was able to pitch three innings, but, man, if he was able to keep them cleaner, maybe the Rockies can complete some of these comebacks. You go back and forth on your long reliever guy, but still. And then the big disappointment there was Denelson Lamette, who, you know, could have been, I thought, a big plus side guy, could have emerged as a even a potential setup man with some pretty great stuff. And certainly that's not out of the realm of possibility now. We're still very early stages, but he also, with the... Six to seven ERA, you know, just hasn't looked great yet. This season gives up a couple more runs in this series. All right, my final up for you, and this is the first time that I have done this this season uh, because there weren't a ton of them from this series. Like I mentioned, there was some offensive stuff. There were some nice home runs in there and the Kyle Freeland game, but we're not talking about that today. So my final up for you, I do have to go down to the minors with Nolan Jones, and a little bit of Michael Tolia. Now, let's start with Tolia, and then I'll give you the really fun stuff. Tolia's doing fine. Now, hitting 200 isn't great, but on basing, 333, so he's taken his walks, and 333 as an on base is great, and slugging 629. So he still has a WRC plus over the league average of 107, and has hit four home runs, which is where it's coming from, right? Those four home runs and 11 RBI in nine games played. So despite the fact that the batting average isn't great, the power is is playing. And this is what we, you know, kind of expect at this point out of Michael Tolia. Now the big number, and it, again, small sample size, 42 plate appearances isn't nothing, but it's not a ton, is of course the strikeout rate. And it's 23.8%, more than acceptable for Michael Tolia. What you don't want 
is the 30 to 36% that we saw at AAA last year, at the major league level last year, and throughout spring training, right? 23 to 24%, if he's going to slug in the 600s, is perfectly acceptable even if the batting average remains low and, and he can walk, right? A 333 on base with a 629 slugging is more than acceptable if he can keep the strikeout numbers down as well. That, if he can keep that going forward, great, right? That's what you want out of Tolia. Obviously, it'd be great if he could develop a bit more of a contact uh, ability as well and, and maybe the batting average comes up a bit. But as long as he's hitting the ball hard when he does make contact and he's willing to take his walks when he's not getting the mistake pitches to hit, I think he's going to be okay. So that's good early news out of uh, the big switch hitting prospect, Michael Tolia. But of course, Nolan Jones is the guy who's been absolutely tearing up AAA so far. Uh, oddly enough, the exact same number of games and plate appearances, nine games played, that the games played is not strange, that's how many they've, they've played, uh, but the 42 plate appearances, exactly the same as Michael Tolia, but Jones is hitting 353, on basing 476, and slugging an almost impossible 941, 9 41. He's slugging 941. And again, small sample size, but I, I don't care. That's a week and a half of baseball games where a guy is slugging 941. He's hit six home runs in nine games, 13 ribbies. Uh, he's walking also almost 17% of the time as well. A 16.7% walkout, uh, walkout, walk rate and a 21.4% strikeout rate. So again, same thing. The farther below 30 he can get, the better it is, right? He can be successful in that 20 to 25 range. You start sneaking over 25, and the strikeouts really start to be a detriment to the profile. But right now, oh, and the big number of, for those of you who are the metrics uh, nerds among us, myself included, 209 on the WRC+. Plus. That means he has been roughly 109% better than the league average hitter in AAA. And so you couldn't have asked for a better start to the AAA season, a better response to having a rough spring training, being told to work on some things, going to AAA, and clearly working on these things. If he does this for another week or two, yes, I do believe we will see Nolan Jones and the bigs. Now, there's a, a big question mark there, too, about, you know, if a guy is this hot and, you know, they do have some prospect hype on him and, and some intrigue, that's the reason they brought him into the organization. You know, do you bring him up to the bigs, back to that question, about just as a reward, but then sit him on the bench? Uh, I don't think that would do any good. So you've got to make sure, I think, if you're going to bring Jones up, that you're giving him regular everyday playing time, right? He can play either in the corner outfield or at third base, but I, I think it's way too early to be pulling the plug on Montero, right? Unless you've got some kind of concept of, hey, Montero does need to work on some things. We'll send him to AAA. We'll bring Jones back up, but we plan on bringing Montero back up. Like, I, I, I don't like I don't like that. I don't like that at all, right? I, I would really prefer Montero be given a month or two just to have his spot, to have his at-bats, not have to be looking over his shoulder and all of that. And so with Profar, 
pretty well entrenched over at left and Bryant locked in in right field and Jones can't play center, there's not really an immediate spot to put him. But it may end up being the case that if there's any kind of injury in either of those spots, left, right, or third base, or potentially first base, uh, he could play. Uh, you could bring him up, or, or probably what you would do in that instance is bring him up, move Montero over to first base, and have Nolan Jones play third. Uh, but so, so there's some things happen, right? And I think you got to let it play out a little bit because as of right now, there just isn't an obvious spot to bring him up to to give him everyday playing time. And I know that's part of the frustration with the Jerks and Profar move, which I was also frustrated with. But then you see him go out, have a great defensive series, hit a big home run as a part of the comeback. And, you know, maybe they are going to be able to get something out of him, whether it's for this season or for trading him at the deadline and, and doing whatever. And obviously that's going to be a period of time where then we're really talking about if the Rockies have these minor leaguers who are still performing fantastically and some veterans who are also performing well, that's when you get to do some interesting things with your franchise and, and make some moves. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself there. Uh, it's just nice to see that the two guys who were those borderline brink of making the big league roster guys, but didn't quite. And the organization said, we really think it would be best for you to go to AAA and work on some things or in AAA working on some things and appears to be paying off. So that's good news for both of those guys. It's good news for the Rockies organization and for Rockies fans, obviously not going to you know, manifest at the big league level for a little while, but it is what it is. All right. That's the end of the ups and downs for you. The Colorado Rockies will welcome the St. Louis Cardinals in for a three-game set here at Coors Field before getting a day off on Thursday. And then they're off to Seattle for a quick three-game set before coming back home and facing the Pittsburgh Pirates. Of course, with the Cardinals in town, that means that Nolan Arenado, he of the 300 home run club now, congratulations to him, will be in town. I'm sure there will be plenty of joy and excitement and perhaps uh, a little bit of the, the 5 to, to 10% of Rockies fans who remain frustrated at Nolan. It'll be interesting, but it'll be a very festive week. It almost feels like opening week gets to continue as, as we welcome back one of the greatest Colorado Rockies and easily the greatest third baseman of all time, in my opinion to town. Always fun to watch him play, and it'll be interesting to see if the Rockies can keep up some of that offensive momentum that they've discovered in the last three games and maybe put it up behind their two best pitchers in Marquez and Freeland and find their way into a series win. We will, of course, do this again when the series is over. Thank you all so much for listening in to this episode of 20th and Blake. Make sure that you are all continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.